Hi guys, I'm Jake Rosenberg. And I am Stephanie Mark. You are here with the Coveteur and we are checking in with our favorite model, Coco. Hey Coco, how you doing? Hi, good, how are you guys? We're good, we're just hanging out at home. Where are you these days? I am home, I'm in my makeshift studio that literally I live on Zoom now, so why, my, why not make it fancy, right? Exactly, yeah, it looks, I mean, it looks, looks fancy. Thank you, there's like four lights blasting on my face right now, <laughs> so I feel like I'm in the studio. Is home New York for you guys? Yeah, so I live outside of the city uh, in Westchester, so it's, it's nice because it's suburban, it's out of the chaos of right now. Um, we've got backyard it's, and space for kids. So it, I really like it here. I'm a suburban mom now. It's My not bad luck, I'm just saying. But it's not <laughs> like this when everyone is stuck in their apartments and you could realize that you could have been in a house with a car. It, yeah. Mom life looks it, real good. It, it really actually, um, yeah, after everything that's going on, having this space and I just keep reflecting on friends that are in the city with kids, can't go anywhere with them, can't even get them to a park. I mean, I live in a part of Westchester where there's grass, uh, like your backyard. I also have another place where I host a thing called Model Camp and it's in the middle of nowhere. So sometimes we take them up there and then they can just run around in our field. So we are very, very lucky and we, we've realized that when we have those phone calls with friends, like, help me, what do I do in the city? No, I know, right? I'm, I'm in that, I'm in Steph's in Cape Cod, luckily. Um, stuck in my apartment. Luckily, I'm stuck here with my fiance, so it's lovely. She's from New Rochelle, actually, and her whole family's there, and we keep debating whether to go out there, but like, we're staying put for now. So, very jealous of the outdoor space and everything like that, for sure. Yeah, and New Rochelle was hit pretty hard too, right? Did you yes. know anyone that was affected? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Uh, I mean, and her whole family is all like frontline workers, so oh, it's wow, a whole a whole thing for sure. But everyone's like healthy and safe, so we're we're good for now. Definitely. Um, well, okay. So let's talk about Model Camp because you know you've been doing that for what the past two years. Almost. I was going to ease into it. Yeah. <laughs> let's just dive into it <laughs> well, uh, and so now you're doing it online right so um uh before model camp i used to uh train models for maybe about 15 years um uh agencies would send me in they would ask me will you work with this specific up-and-comer they believe maybe on runway on posing and sometimes it was just a sit-down chat uh about uh the realities of, of being a model in this day and age. Um, I had the likes of Kendall and Kylie Jenner, uh, Carly Kloss. I remember talking so much about social media uh, and then many, many other up and comers at the time. Uh, fast forward to when I then uh, decided to open up my own modeling agency. Let's just say other agencies weren't calling anymore saying, could you teach our models, which totally makes sense. That was around 2016 when we opened up Nomad Management. Um, so I still, that kind of gave me the kick in the butt realizing I could finally create a space where I could have models, not just from my agency or not from one specific agency anymore, but from anyone, you didn't have to be signed. Uh, so we have now this place further up in New York state uh, where we, uh, well, we renovated actually this giant um, estate. It's about 
10,000 square feet, we can hold about 25 people. Um, it's like a boarding school. We call it like the X-Men boarding yeah. school of modeling. Um, and the girls stay, right now it's only girls stay for four days. Uh, and they are trained on all things, yes, pose and runway. But we have sit down classes on social media, branding, uh, reading your contracts, learning about agencies and your rights as a model. Um, and I've always wanted to do it online. And then this hit, and this also was kind of another push, of course, in the right direction to finally do the online version. And Zoom has been so useful. So we thought, we'll just quickly use that instead of creating my own platform and having to figure out the, the technology or technical side of all of it, that we would just use this platform, which has been so useful and helpful. It's live, so we can chat. Um, the girls ask, and guys, now it's open to both men and women during the live classes. Um, they, they can ask any questions. We go through pose class. We fortunately can't do runway class. Uh, and then we sit down for three hours and they ask all the questions they possibly can think of. And we go through same, sort of the same subjects in a, you know, not as, as large as four days, but a very condensed version. Um, and already we've hosted about 650 uh, wow. models at the property and we now have hosted uh, 120 uh, models uh, online. So hopefully it keeps growing. And I know um, for the, you know, IRL experience, I believe the models are handpicked by you. Yes. And how does that work uh, when you're doing it online? Is it the same process? Uh, it is less of a um, vetting um, because one thing I'm vetting for in model camp is uh, I, I would like to give this um, training to people that are up and coming, starting, been doing this for quite some time. Uh, when we started the, the vetting sort of process early on, it was kind of like, okay, let's let everyone who feels like they, you know, maybe they haven't modeled, but you know, they, they, they want to step into it, let that, let's give them this. Um, and I found there was just a certain different sort of vibe and also type of person that wanted a different experience out of this. Whereas if I had someone that really took this as a professional, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? career choice, uh, there was just a, a different sort of person arriving. So in that now I really, when I uh, look at the models coming to model camp, it's, I need to see somewhere on your social media that you have at least been trying or it's appealing to you something. Um, and that usually helps out instead of just a girl in front of a, a mirror in the bathroom that's giving me duck face yeah. all the time. However, when it's the online, if it is the type of people that are just, you know, I'm, I don't know if I really want this. I'm, I'm unsure. Well, it's not such a huge expense and also time commitment for them to come all the way from around the world for four days to New York, whereas this is just from their living room. They can figure out, does this really interest them? Uh, the only qualifications for me, I'm always looking for uh, diversity. It's so important to me that for each camp, uh, of course, in person, online as well. And, all, all races represented, body types, age, um, and it's still the same for me uh, online. So uh, as long as you have, if you're going to have one of those things, you're probably accepted. <laughs> That's awesome. And how did you um, choose, you know, the curriculum, like things like contracts and 
you know, social media, do those come from experiences of, you know, you and your friends? Um, you know, how do you sort of define what you focus on and what you don't? Yeah. Um, so, of course, being the model that was known for the queen of pose, I was literally going to have to have that part <laughs> put in there. Um, and of course, you need, uh, it's just a fun sort of experience to do runway. When it came to just sit down classes, um, we knew that there was a few avenues that needed to be discussed and which ones were the most important and which ones could we filter into. Contracts, it is insane. You ask any model, her first contract, she's probably never really read. Did, if you say to them, did you take it to a lawyer? No. Like, why would I take it to a lawyer? Because that would probably be the smartest thing you could do at that specific time. A lot of models, just a side note, a lot of models think that that first initial contract to an agency, they're just so enamored with the idea that an agency has fallen in love with them is literally how they feel that the experience has gone. So when they give this contract, they're just kind of like, yes, of course, whatever you want, because I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Meanwhile, you're kind of forgetting that agencies, although it is a partnership, agencies do work for the model. So you do need to take that contract home and you do need to read it and see what is going on because it is literally like a marriage. And I've definitely personally um, uh, learned throughout trial and error. I was burned a few times with contracts, with agencies and management. Um, and I wanted to save most of my students from that. So uh, most of the girls that come out of that class are just amazed what they've learned Half of this stuff is just kind of stuff that we should have already known as people, um, but they, they do go home and a lot of them have told me, I, I am so proud of myself for reading my contracts now and wow, there was so much stuff I didn't really realize. So um, that just having those sort of chats with girls afterwards saying what they've done, just little things is a huge thing to me. Totally, yeah. I mean, that was kind of gonna answer one of our questions was like, you know, what. What is like one of the most important things that you could give advice to, you know, to the people listening um, who are working in, in the industry? And is, do you think like, you know, obviously reading your contracts is such an important piece. Um, is there any other sort of like small pieces of advice that you would give out like right off the bat? Yeah, I definitely am thinking of a really good one right off the bat. Um, I guess the one thing we do discuss with the girls is treating this as a, a career and not a lifestyle. So, you know, when someone maybe has been scouted as a model or someone who's always thought of being a model, there's, there's this instant thought of, you know, you think I should be a model? Well, wow. Yes, of course I should be a model. So all of a sudden like, this person is just switched, just flip and just believes in themselves. The hype is so real. and yes, I'm going to live this beautiful lifestyle and I'm going to be famous and make money, um, which for any career, that is not, you don't just all of a sudden believe that you're going to be just given it. You have to work hard for, for, for anything that we do and especially as models. But I think it's just been maybe the industry or maybe people just look into this industry thinking models are instantly successful and models are uh, instantly successful because they're beautiful. And they don't have to work for anything. So that is uh, the girls that are on top in this industry and in any industry we can say for sure are people that are hardworking. They're always, always thinking of the next steps, um, thinking of new paths in their careers. Uh, I can think of many girls that still work to this day from my in, uh, 
my uh, generation because they have these sort of, um, uh, they've been placed all these things. So when a, a new girl comes and kind of just tells me like, when am I getting my first million dollar contract? I'm like, I, I don't know, probably not <laughs> just with that attitude. Yeah. Totally. Uh, sorry, I was going to say one last thing that it's very important that models know that they are not the most important thing that's kind of going with this on set. Um, that you need to give some girls all of a sudden give just a, enough uh, respect to the photographer or maybe to the client, but then forgets, you know, the lighting assistant or the nail manicure or the assistant of the assistant. They believe that there's like this hierarchy. And again, the girls that show up on set on time, maybe even earlier, uh, and treat everyone with respect, you are allowed a bad day, for sure. But everyone knows you as someone that is kind and works hard. Those are the people with longevity in their career. Totally, I totally agree. And um, you know, having photographed so many amazing people around the world, including yourself, um, you know, it, it really does stand out when somebody shows up on set and, you know, they say hi to me, but then they go say hi to every single person on set and they introduce themselves equally to everybody on set. Um, and those are, those are always the standout people that you walk away and you're like, oh my God, that was such a pleasure to work with. And you can't wait to work with that type of person again, because they are, you know, treating everybody equally. And, uh, and yeah. it goes a long way. And I think it sticks with everybody who's on set during, you know, that project was, is left with such a, you know, a happy um, perspective of that, of that person, that talent, and, and, and there is a mutual respect there. So, uh, my, my favorite quote is it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. So reminding mm -hmm. it that's for everyone yeah. and especially girls that I can tell sometimes some go show up with a little bit of attitude and giving everyone that quote, they're kind of like, ah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> for sure. Um, well, so you are known for your like lightning fast poses and all of that that comes with, with <laughs> that comes with being you um you know what it, when you're when you're working and when you are you know posing what what is going through um through your mind you know to achieve all of the things that you do who knows really what's going through my mind however there is a, a camp there's a curriculum <laughs> do i follow it i don't know if i do it all the time um uh, we, I discussed with the girls, and I do, I do believe all these things, but sometimes it's for a moment, I probably am thinking about like what I'm gonna watch on Netflix and I'm just doing a dance. Um, but it's very important, I tell girls that uh, to, to, to give the best performance, and I'm not talking about like very fast, speedy poses, but just an authentic, beautiful, uh, giving shapes, uh, characters, emotion, that it kind of stems from uh, our facial expressions, first of all. Uh, and that we should have great song choices. So we should already know as models the uh, sort of inspiration behind the story. So if you have said to me, the story is Romeo and Juliet, well then I hope to all my models would have done their, their homework, watched some Romeo and Juliet films, looked at some um, uh, photos of models that have portrayed in the past, some ballet, whatever. Then I start picking my, my music for the photo shoot that um, I will play hopefully songs that make me think of love, sadness, uh, desperation, whatever. Hopefully it's not Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce's for another time, but to really play uh, a, a performance. We're actresses without speaking, we're singers without singing, and we're de definitely dancers. So um, music in all of those genres definitely um, 
play a part. So it should play a part for models. For example, you go to the gym, I'm sure you play music that pump you up to go to the gym. So for us, we should be playing music that makes us feel something. And it should not cater to the photographer or to the client. It, if it bores them, it's too bad. Maybe I'll play a little something that will help them out for a second. But it ultimately, the model needs to perform and she needs to uh, play the part. So I also tell the models, if there is a character they've asked you to play, that you should have done some homework. Uh, I'm not asking if you've said, okay, the whole shoot's based off of being a ballet. Now go take ballet classes. If that interests you, go ahead. Um, but it's more like the form of ballet. Do you understand it? Do you, do you understand the, the lines and the feet out? All of it. Um, uh, um, yeah, so it's definitely important to me that they play characters, play motion, and so that you as photographers and clients, when you, when you watch this, not only are you feeling something, it's like an experience for you. At the end of photo shoots, like you guys know, we clap, but hopefully it's not because you were like, oh my goodness, it's the end of the day, thank you. It's like, wow, I've experienced something that I've never experienced before. And that's what I want all my models to be doing. Like little, not little tiny versions of me, but little tiny versions of this, mm -hmm. uh, that people should experience this because our jobs as models also is to be muses. Yep. And I hear that word way too much. And I'm thinking, well, a muse is literally someone that will, um, uh, make someone make poems and music and art that should live for hundreds of years and most girls write in their bio muse but I'm like to who what yeah. have you done so I think I don't make my job sound so serious like it is the most important thing in the world um, but I just want us to I think when someone comes in as a model that they should take their job a little more seriously than maybe what they've been trained and like I said muses um, because I would love to think that girls and guys have inspired, you know, the artists of our, our generation, just like there were muses back in Michelangelo uh, that inspired the world's greatest artists back then. So um, I hate the idea of people thinking we're Zoolander. This isn't Zoolander. We're just, we're trained to do the best that we can. And some girls and guys just focus on, well, I'm beautiful, so that's all I have to do. And those are the type of people I say, you will work, but you'll work at this level. It's the ones that are at level, top level, take this to a, let's just say, to that top level because of what they bring on set. Totally. Well, I'm inspired by that whole, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's do it! So true. It's true. But I think also your images and just your reputation as being so creative and iconic and like a pleasure to work with, it makes sense hearing about your work ethic and everything that goes into, you know, what being on set with you feels like. In your career currently, is there sort of a, you know, I know in people have their like favorites or their, you know, best creative team or the photographer they love to work with most? Do you have sort of a little like crew that you love rolling with? Oh, um, I wouldn't say I would, I would always focus on the same team because I think if I am always with the same team, you're going to always get the same result. Right. But favorite ones that I've, I've had in my career, sure. Steven Meisel has a way of working with models that like no other because he was, what they called and is the model maker. 
Um, and there's a reason he is because the way he treats models, it's like, it is the, it's like royalty. You leave a set of Steven Meisel and then go to someone that's just new, new, new on a low, low budget. And you're like, so where am I? This is a very humbling experience who doesn't care about the art of modeling either. Steven truly loves the art and the, the beauty of a model and all of it, um, which is great because everyone's in it for a different reason. Some it's just because they like to be photographers, some because they love styling, but he actually loves um, the, the, the career of a model. Um, there's a, a, there is of course people that I, I do surround myself on sets and I love people that can have a laugh. I wanna enjoy hanging out with you for eight hours a day and I talk about this again in the model camp that um, they always ask, well, how am I gonna be picked? Why, why, why wasn't I picked? And it could have been two girls looking the same on paper, but when we met you, this one, although maybe does better work-wise, she just wasn't that fun. Yeah. And, or she was, just didn't speak. She couldn't even you know, hold a conversation for two minutes. Whereas this one, although, you know, not my favorite, oh, I had a great time chatting with her. She was awesome, she made me laugh. I, I learned something from her she got the job. Uh, I usually feel like that's how I pick. When someone walks into a room, I'm not gonna just base it on, well, are you the best makeup artist in the entire world or the best photographer? I had a great time with you. Sure, it, we're, gonna, we're gonna make something great because we're gonna have an awesome day for the next eight hours. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I feel like, yeah, I, I mean, you kind of hit, hit the nail on the head. There's, there's so many scenarios where you know, you'll find yourself in, and if you are surrounded with people that actually genuinely, also just like you like and you get along with, and you know, everybody is having a time, you end up producing, I think, just better work in general, even if the, you know, you can put certain people in a room who might be the best at whatever, but if you guys creatively and as a group don't, you know, really like being around each other, then yeah. you're not gonna get, get something good out of it, so I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, life is way too short to deal with diva models or diva photographers so <laughs> bye thank you next i'll i'll work with like you said even we're gonna get something great even if we're not the greatest of the greats because we're we're passionate about what we do and yeah. i for example i shot uh but i shot my own shoot where i was the photographer and model um but just a team around um i kept reminding them like just so you know i don't think i know about photography so everyone help me like I pre the lighting guy, the, the, the uh, tech guy, everyone, I was like, I need this as a solid team. We kicked out, I think, 15 photos by lunchtime. And we yep. were like, goodbye, like, we don't need to keep going. This is great, we did it. And even everyone was like, well, well shouldn't we keep working? Cause we were supposed to work. I'm like, no, cause you're a solid team. We kicked out 15 photos. Let's go home and see our family. Um, uh, but also just the team of realizing like everyone, although we have our own lanes, and I do tell everyone, stay in your lane, like be good at what you do. But when it comes to time where the team is saying, help me out, I need a little, that we're all willing to just improvise and, and share and help. That, I love teams like that as well. We loved seeing uh, that editorial that you did. Obviously that's one you know, way I think everything is changing. Um, how has your just day-to-day -day routine you know, changed since COVID-19 came into the picture? Um, so it has changed and it hasn't in the sense that James and I, when we, we work from home, um, when we're not traveling, of course, and we are homebodies. So we, uh, 
when we hang out with the kids, the family, it's always here at home. We do a ton of activities. Uh, Ioni, our oldest, is five now. She loves to do everything. So if she's like, can I cook? Well, you can't be like, no, don't. You know, you're kind of like, oh, don't cook with me today. But you're like, yes, you're gonna cook because it's something you're excited about. You wanna wash the dishes. It takes 20 more minutes than usual, but let's do it. Art projects, all of it. Um, it's been fun. I've seen a lot of moms and dads struggling because they do have jobs where it's nine to five and they, uh, you know, they drop maybe their kids off or goes to grandparents or something and they see them in the evening and the weekends. I never had that before. They've always been around me. So the adjustment of having children around me, it doesn't bother me. I've always said I love it way, probably way too much. I'm like, let's do more art stuff. I just took, put them in the bath because they just had paint all over them. Um, but I love it. And I know it's very hard for some people. I'm not saying people don't love it. I'm noticing a lot of people saying how hard this is for them. Uh, but this has been something we've been doing always. When we traveled to Paris during Fashion Week, most people would say, okay, well, I'm going to leave my kids because this is work. I got it. I got to focus. I bring them. It is a mess. Like we will wake up in the morning. I get my hair and makeup done. Let's go get an ice cream. Let's drop you off. Let me go do my first show. I'll come back and let's hang out. Like it is constant work. And that's my favorite thing. Um, besides family life, James and I, of course, have the, the camp online, which is based in this space. Um, and uh, that takes up about um, when we do a camp, it's about six, seven hours uh, in the day. Uh, we have the agency Nomad, which it is a constant battle. Like, let's be totally honest right now, where you're kind of struggling with uh, clients who are scared to pay what they owe to models because, well, they don't know if they have an, their next paycheck for their companies. So they're holding back um, to, to models and not getting paid. Um, so we are poor teams, no income, all of that. So there's that scary frustration of owning your own own business. Um, and it's a real thought and process that we're going through. Um, uh, to, and to be in each other's space, I don't find it too hard. James and I work with each other constantly. Um, do, we, do we smack heads or anything? Yes, like everyone else, but we are lucky that we've always worked together like this, that being stuck in the house is no different again. We've been married now almost 10 years. Um, so for putting that all together, I'm a cook. I love to, to cook. That hasn't been complicated. So we're taking it um, day by day and realizing we are so lucky compared to some people that emotionally they're not okay. They're not okay to be home by themselves. They need support. They need to be outside, all of that. So I realize we are very lucky and we're, we're actually having a good time together. So fortunate, it's the word I would say. That's so nice to hear. Are you guys homeschooling also? How's that? So Ioni was in preschool for two days, but it was the type of preschool that was based off of playing. <laughs> so um, uh, before the schools decided to shut down, we, we took her out of everything, just knowing that it was probably going to come. Um, yep. So she was a little upset. So we bought her a, a table for school. Um, I bought all these books so that, you know, we have school. So we still do two days a week school. Um, and she, yeah, we're teaching reading, counting, and she's actually learning more <laughs> from me than probably the play-based schooling. I just liked her being in that school because um, her whole life she's been around adults. Yeah. I rarely have her around kids, not to be mean, more just 
just I don't have many friends that have children. And if you do, you live probably in another continent. Yeah. Um, so it was just nice for her to get used to being around children for kindergarten. Her school will start in September, but who knows if that's going to even happen. And maybe I will have to be her homeschool teacher for a little while longer. And she had a dance class. Uh, we took her out of that. So I, I'm as much as she wants, I dance with her, teach her a little Irish dancing. She was in ballet and tap. So I give her a little bit of that. Um, and when she's done with it, she's done with it. But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be a dance mom. Be like, you will learn for the next hour. <laughs> um, where, where did the, uh, the names of your kids come from? Right, I mean, they're different. Um, Ioni, we were, if we looked up her name forever, wanting something different, but not so different like mine, that it was just odd. <laughs> um, it means actually the, the King's Island in, in Celtic. Uh, and then Ivor, well, we couldn't just call him Bob because now he had a sister named Ioni. So we had to find something uh, similar-ish, but you know, a masculine strong name. Uh, and Ivor means archer in um, uh, nor northern, not what it, in what? Norwegian, thank you. Um, and so then we had this silly thing of like, the letters are four letters, they have to start with I. So it was a big game. <laughs> Beautiful. So well done, well done. Um, so let's, you know, move it back to the home. I mean, you, you mentioned you like to cook. Mm -hmm. uh, you cook a lot um you know what what do you what have you been eating lately is there any foods that you you know are are missing uh anything that you haven't been able to get anything that you've had too much of <laughs> anything unique that you've cooked that you haven't ever cooked before i guess so i know people go and use like grubhub and they go out and get food um I've, I think I've turned into a paranoia person that I just only want to get groceries like once a week, if that, we'd like to push a little more um, and, and sanitize it all and get it in the fridge and that's that. So I do miss like sushi. I do miss uh, my Starbucks. I don't, like I, any of the stuff that was kind of like routine uh, that we don't get to have. Yeah, I miss it. My barbecue, Korean barbecue, love that stuff. Uh, do I try and mimic it at home? Maybe not sushi, but all the other stuff I do try to do. Yesterday, it was so pretty out. We have a barbecue, so I was barbecuing hamburgers. Um, uh, we have a porch that we can see all, all of. It's, it's amazing. It's very uh, California-esque, this house. So we can see all the way to the city, actually, and we're barbecuing, so again, and the Hudson Valley. Um, so it's, it's quite amazing. Um, uh, the scenic, my view of my kitchen where I can see everything is quite awesome. Um, but what have I, I've just always tried to change it up so that no one's getting bored of the same meals. Um, but like I said, I was already cooking almost all of our meals. So yeah. it's not, it's not, not too different. I'm a, I'm an Instapot user. I make pizza, I make the dough. Um, of course, pasta dishes are my favorite Indian food. I are, uh, uh, James's dad, who uh, is pretty much living with us right now, um, he he makes Indian um, uh, recipes. That's his culture. Uh, I've been making ramen noodles, so we trying. It sounds wow. delicious to be in quarantine at your house. Just so you know. 
Sorry? Bethany's obsessed with uh, with I love the Instant Pot. Instant Pot is great. Like sometimes you make a dish and you're like, I'm amazing. <laughs> I know, but we don't, didn't bring it with us. We didn't know how long we were going to be in Cape Cod. And now we are the, my husband and I are out here. It's literally like the same. It's Groundhog's Day in our kitchen because I don't have the pot. It was like the hack of pretending that I could cook. But well, you just Amazon it. Get it. <laughs> just buy another one. We did Amazon an espresso, actually. Okay. Oh. Fair enough. I think once we realize we're going to be here for a significant amount of time, we... <laughs> You're getting set up. Amazon, exactly. Yeah, once you realize I said that maybe I'm going to have to homeschool my kid who goes to school in September, that's... Yes. That's, that's, you're like, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I'll order the Instant Pot. Yeah. There you go. Um, so have there been any silver linings during this time? You know, I know there, there's so many, everybody's in such a difficult, different type of scenario, but you know, they're, we're all trying to think about the positives that are coming out of this. You know, has there been any silver linings for you throughout all this recent chaos? And what's the most positive thing that you've kind of experienced and you've seen happening? Um, um, I guess it's good for everyone, especially in our industry to time to like rethink uh, are all businesses, um, you know, what you want differently out of it, maybe even personally out of work. Was it working before? How can I change it? Uh, personally, I think of fashion week, uh, the last time, I don't know if you guys experienced the same way I experienced it, but, uh, I felt like it was the slowest fashion week ever of my career, not of like me doing shows or anything. I don't really do that stuff, but just how people weren't showing the the excitement of shows were was so lacking i mean it was the saddest fashion week ever and i know once we started going into europe it started to covid19 started to occur and then people started shutting down but new york was the worst i had ever seen it so for this to happen um and then maybe like, like let's say tomorrow they say open the doors you can go and have normal life again i don't think we're going to have a fashion week in september just because of the setback but two, I think it was also, none of this is a good reason for us to then, you know, to experience any of this. But I feel like this is a way for us to be like, hold a minute. You know what, I think we've been doing it wrong for a while now. Like, what else can we do? Because clearly we're not going to do it this time. So yeah. because we're not doing it this time, what is it? And maybe we don't ever have to do it again. Do I love shows? I think they're great. I think they're fun when they're done right. And what they used to be compared to now. That's what I miss. Um, uh, you know, we'll commute less, we'll consume less. I don't know, I think there's just gonna be a lot of PR meetings and realizing that these brands uh, could do so many different things. Um, and, uh, and I think people also will just be humbled by this experience and realize they got a lot of people like, I'm getting in tune with myself and probably losing your mind more than anything. But everyone's saying like, I'm, I'm coming to one, I'm, I realized the things I was doing at work, it's not really what I wanted to do anymore. So I think there'll be a lot of shifts, a lot of changes in like hierarchy of, of companies. Um, I, yeah, I, do, I don't know what all this means, but I just think there's going to be a lot of change when we uh, come out. I agree. And I think that's, you know, so I agree with Fashion Week. I think it's so expensive for the designers. You don't, even know if you have the same return, a lot of it is, I always makes me upset when I feel like people go to the shows 
and they're only going to take their picture and they're not going to appreciate or pay respects to any of the clothes that are walking down the runway. I think the purpose of it has become so flipped on its head that eventually it, you know, starts to backfire on itself and the whole point of having it doesn't really exist anymore. So, you know, similar to you, I do hope that, you know, some shifts in the industry as a whole, I think that were really needed. For sure. I think a lot of the designers too never know how to take breaks. Um, uh, they're scared that if they take a break, well, maybe they'll be replaced or maybe they won't be uh, the hot new ticket. I don't know. Um, so this probably helped a lot of them to just like refresh, regroup. Uh, a friend of mine, a good, good friend, um, just texts me, who's a designer. He's, um, he's staying in a little house in the middle of nowhere, France. And he said, I'm, I'm loving this break. Like this, is, this has been good for me. So um, I'm sure there's a lot of people. And you know, our industry is just like work, work, work. Because if I don't, someone else is going to do the job for me. So um, I think this slowdown will ultimately help people slow down later. Maybe give people breaks, let people work from home, realize that it wasn't so necessary. It wasn't life or death what we were doing. And that has always been, I think, um, like a, a thought in the back that if I don't exist, how will this industry exist without me? It can it, it is, uh, so maybe there will be that as well, that we'll be a little more um, human again. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, so we have one more question and you know, it's really about giving back during this time. Is there anything you know, that you're doing right now or that you think you know, you'd like to share with the audience listening as to you know, ways to give back during this time? And then we're gonna get into a little rapid fire question, but yeah. I mean, there can be the biggest ways and smallest ways. So I'm uh, one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And so I have a congregation out here that also has older people in it. Um, and, you know, making sure that they were neighbors, making sure that they got groceries, that they're being taken care of, that being safe. So um, I have like adopted grandmas, if you can call them that I go on grocery shopping sort of sprees to, to get them their stuff once a week that I know people are doing in communities and it's important to, to um, well, it's not so, be mindful of, of your surroundings and aware of the people that live around you. Are they okay? Do they have family that can take care of them sort of things? Then there's the bigger things like the Christian Syrianos of the world that have decided to every day walk back into their offices and create masks um, for uh, the, those that are working the front lines who don't have masks and protection gear. And I see after he did it, some more designers started to uh, realize that, hey, if he can do it, we can use our resources. So if you have resources to help um, with, of course, you being safe, then find, find the means and the ways to do it because we're all kind of scavenging around here not knowing what to do. I mean, I keep thinking about, well, I'm a model that has a voice that can use the digital side of things. Yes, I have my online um, uh, modeling camp that yes, it reaches out to people and it makes them happy and excited and motivated for the rest of their career once this is over. But uh, for me right now, all I can think of is just community and how to help out in my small way. If you can think of what a model can do and do something even bigger and better, I would love to, but that's the thing I'm scratching up my head. So right now for me, it's just making sure those around me and my family and 
and my little neighborhood, my adopted grandmas and grandpas are, are doing okay. Uh, that, I mean, that's, that's great. And I mean, I, you know, like we all say it a lot, but we are all in this together. So every little bit uh, you know, does help, whether it's a one person helping another or somebody doing something on a mass, mass level. So um, I think, you know, from here, we're going to wrap this up with just a little rapid fire um, questionnaire, if that's okay. So yes. I'll take you through them. Um, what is the first thing you're going to do when quarantine uh, is over and you get to go back to the rest of the world? As the silliest, simplest thing, take my kids to either like a little water park or a park. That, that, that's all I even ask for. And it is the saddest and sweetest thing to see my daughter go, all I'd like to do is just play at a park. Like she understands how big this is. She really gets it. She even plays Barbies that have to be quarantined and she takes them to Mars. She thinks that's the safest place for them. Um, but she, she just says, um, she's so patient and just says, can't wait to go to a park. It's not like Disney World or to Paris. It's just a park. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I can't wait to go to a park as well. So <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Um, what is the best thing or the last thing that you made from your pantry? The last thing I made from my pantry? Uh, what leftover hamburger meat from, <laughs> from my burger? last night in with cheese jalapeno cheese salsa sour cream and i made my version of a taco bell burrito wow that's delicious thanks guys i'll go for one of those also um what is your go-to work from home outfit uh it's half pajamas because no one can ever see me about here uh and then my model camp gear when i'm on uh, uh from for model camp days where they can just see me my it's model camp merch sort of stuff, but I literally have so much of it. I live in it all day long. My children must think I'm like a walking billboard for myself. <laughs> That's awesome. Apparently there is like a surge for tops uh, or like apparently in e-commerce you're like looking at stats and, and um, you know, the, the amount of tops being purchased has very largely outgrown the bottoms being purchased right now because people are just not, you know, they're only being seen halfway up. Um, they should do the onesie where it's like a professional top onesie <laughs> and then the other uh, part is just like pajamas. Wow. Trademark that. I was going to say, that's pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, um, have, have you and how have you been staying in touch with friends and family? Have you been talking to people that maybe you haven't talked to in a long time? You know, I, I find right now, Especially, I've been calling friends that maybe I haven't talked to in ages, but just like out of the blue, they're, they're in my head and I give them a call. Yeah. Um, Talking-wise, I think my my mom and my dad, um, who live separately, my stepmom, uh, who I don't, I would talk to them on a weekly basis, but now I make a, like a commitment of every day. And before, you know, let's be honest, you know, you're like, oh, I got to do this. I got to phone my parents. But now it's kind of like, I want to phone them. I want, I want to see how they're doing. And I know that they're home alone and I want to make sure they're happy. Um, some friend, friends, I wouldn't say so much, there's so much family that I have to do yeah. these calls with, but friends, it's more as texting, like, hey, how's it going? Sending a funny TikTok to each other. Uh, we've had Zoom cocktail, uh, you know, uh, dinner dates with friends. Um, uh, and I have a great friend that she just, you know, will be texting, phoning, FaceTiming all the time, all day long. So 
that's the I like I keep saying that to everyone like aren't we lucky that this not always look at the positive in the negative are we not lucky that this happened in a day and age like now where uh, we can now socialize like this we can still work um, so we are very lucky if this had happened even 10 15 years ago we would not be able to communicate the way we do totally. well Coco thank you so much for joining. No worries. It's really great to check in with you. Um, and we hope that you and your family and your friends stay safe and, uh, and that we, we will see you soon when, when we get out of quarantine. You too. You guys stay safe. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. And uh, enjoy. Hopefully you get a crock pot. <laughs> yeah going to get a crock pot. And for all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you have any questions or, you know, thoughts for us, feel free to reach out, but also, you know, follow Coco at Coco Rocha. And I'm sure she'd love to hear from you guys. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next Monday for our newest episode. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or iTunes and make sure to leave a rating and a review. We look forward to seeing you all next week and thank you again for listening.